Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic psychic medium and intuitive soul coach. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a large part of that process. Speaking our truth and riding the waves of life is how we heal, and we welcome you to do the same. This is Project Healing. We would like to thank our patrons for their support monthly, and if you would like to check out our Patron tiers, we have everything from monthly group meetings to just a simple shout out and one-on-ones as well as healing opportunities. So we would like to thank Jessica Lisland, Catherine Kendall, Manuela Cardenas, Reese the Rue, and Katie Duvetter, and Janet Adams, as well as Chelsea Ayers. Thank you all for your continued support. We appreciate you so much. Hello there, beautiful souls. Welcome back to Project Healing. Today, it's just me, just Jenna. You're stuck with me today. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to talk about something that really has been on my mind lately, which is uh, body image. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I know that this is something that so many people struggle with. So as I was thinking about what I wanted to jam on today, I just couldn't let it rest. I was like, no, this is definitely a topic that um, I feel like we as women don't talk about enough. Um, And I'm sure I know for a fact that this is something that affects men too. So um I just thought maybe sharing a little bit of my own personal struggles may help someone else realize that they are not alone. So I first want to kind of talk about the facts, okay? So body dysmorphic disorder is a real thing. Um, And basically what that is, is an anxiety disorder which relates to our body image and how we see ourselves. So something minor in the grand scheme of things that we view as wrong with our body um, is major to us, okay? Um, So people with body dysmorphic disorder may have like excessive or obsessive worries about perceived flaws in our physical appearance. Um, And it also may turn into obsessive compulsive routines and behaviors because of those worries about how we view ourselves. So how do I connect to this? Well, I'm going to be totally honest 
as far back as I can remember, I had issues with my own body. Now, it's interesting to me because as a child, I remember feeling gross, if you will, feeling overweight, noticing the folds in my stomach and the jiggle on my thighs. And when I look at photos now of my body as a child, I had little to no fat on me. So at the time, I didn't realize that I struggled with this. Um, And honestly, I never even knew what it was until I was probably about 18. So as I said, as a child, I was built, I had more of like an athletic thin build. Um, When I was in my teen years at about Nope, I'm going to back that up, actually. So I started developing breasts before many of my peers. Um, I remember being in the third grade and having that awkward conversation with my parents about needing a bra and crying because I didn't know what it, well, I knew what a bra was, but none of my friends were wearing bras. I didn't want to be different. Like, what is this, right? By fourth grade, I started to like really develop. Um, and I had to wear an actual bra at this point. Um, and I, the one thing that I remember about the fourth grade is that's when like the bra snapping started for me. If you guys don't know what bra snapping is, that is when somebody will pull the back of your bra and then snap it onto your skin. Really nice, right? Doesn't that sound like a great time? Um, but because I was one of the only girls in my grade that was wearing a bra at the time, of course, I was singled out and this was a fun thing. Now, I didn't see my breasts as, um, like, a feminine side of me, honestly. I saw it as, like, being fat or being overweight, even though I, I was not. So that's when it really kind of picked up for me and I would wear oversized t-shirts or sweatshirts a lot to try to cover my body. Now pair this with the fact that, um, I am also a survivor of sexual abuse and you can imagine why some of this kicked up for me. We're going to fast forward now to my high school years. I found myself in a really toxic, abusive relationship, and I realized that um, food is a vice for me. So I started basically (laughs) eating everything in sight, and I gained a ton of weight. I went from a size 2 up to a size 18 in the matter of a year, I want to say. So it was a big change. Obviously, at this point, I was miserable with myself. Um, it was like, 
it almost felt like all of the things that I ever thought of myself came true and I blamed myself for it. It's really honestly difficult to even speak on at this time because I want to like go back and talk my younger self through it. And I now realize where all of it came from, but at the time it was just me struggling with my, my body image and making excuses for basically letting myself go. I realized that these were coping mechanisms for me and that this was a very difficult time that I was going through, which obviously triggered those coping mechanisms, but I went from not liking the image that I saw in the mirror to hating the image that I saw in the mirror. Fast forward again <laughs> to, let's see here. I think I was 20, 19 or 20. And I made up my mind and I said, enough is enough. I feel terrible. I'm also a dancer. Um, I wasn't a dance instructor yet, um, but it was a huge part of my life. I couldn't dance anymore. I was out of breath doing simple things. Um, and my doctor told me that I was borderline diabetic. This was something that I had seen family members struggle with, and it was something, quite honestly, that terrified me. So I made up my mind right then and there that there was no way I was going to allow myself to get any further into the damage that I had done to my body. And I started um, a Weight Watchers program and started exercising daily. Within mm, eight months, I want to say. I dropped 85 pounds. I was back down to a size four and I felt absolutely amazing. I was taking care of myself. I was eating healthy. Um, and I could dance again. My confidence was back on the outside. But what was really interesting was that even though the scale told me I lost all of the weight, the tape measure told me that I lost all the inches and I tracked everything. I still struggled with the way that I looked. I wasn't thin enough. I had skin that jiggled because I lost so much weight. I felt like I had like destroyed my breasts because they obviously... Um, shrunk down and weren't the most uh, attractive looking uh, <laughs> attractive things to look at at the time and I found myself right back to where I was when I was a kid having this you know thin body but still looking at myself with disgust when I looked into the mirror so at this point, 
I was pretty proud of my progress. And I remember I ran into someone from high school and she said to me, wow, Jenna, you really did lose a lot of weight. And I was like, yeah, I did. I I've worked really, really hard. And she goes, what do you mean you've worked really hard? And I said, well, you know, I've been doing Weight Watchers. I work out every single day and I could see her face shifted. And I was like, why are you looking at me like that? And she said, I heard that you were a really bad drug addict. And that's why you lost all the weight that you did. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Because that's not what I was doing. I did not have a drug addiction problem. And it made me realize how quick other people are to judge your journey when they know nothing about where you've been and what you're, what you're truly doing. So I kind of let it out to her and I was like, I can't believe this. I was so upset. I even cried. And she's the one that told me about body dysmorphic disorder. After I explained to her a little bit of my journey, she said, have you ever heard of this? And I said, no. She said, you know, my therapist told me about it. It really resonated with me. Maybe it will resonate with you as well. So I looked it up and I realized that many people that deal with body dysmorphic disorder have suffered with abuse or have been victims of bullying. Um, they have low self-esteem because of their life experiences. Um, they have a fear of being in isolation or they have depression or anxiety or OCD. I've dealt with depression and anxiety most of my life. I've also dealt with low self-esteem most of my life. I have a huge fear of abandonment. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm also a sexual abuse survivor. So the light bulbs went off in my head and I went, oh my goodness, this is me. This has been me for most of my life. I've been looking at myself through a lens that's not even real. I've been beating myself up for what I look like and not accepting myself for who I truly am. And that was what changed it for me was just knowing that this existed. There were other people out there that have shared these same feelings. And it really changed my perspective. Now, I lost all that weight. I kept the weight off for, let's see here, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. And then I had my beautiful first baby in 2013. And while I was pregnant, I went balls to the wall with my eating again. I stopped working out because pregnancy exhaustion is a whole different level of exhaustion. And mine was intense. So I didn't work out. <laughs> uh, which was my first mistake. <laughs> In hindsight, right? Um, 
I ate the whole city of Rochester, as I tell people. I literally, it was like, I wanted it, I had it, right? And I gained all the weight back and then some. All the weight back and then some. And I'm not going to lie, I was pretty disappointed in myself throughout the whole journey. And ever since I had my son... I have not been able to get myself in the headspace to get back to that place that I was in back in 2003 when I made up my mind that I was going to get healthy until I started healing. So for the past seven and a half years, I have been overweight and it's different this time because even though I'm overweight and I'm disappointed in my choices and I know what I have to do to kind of get over the hump, I'm no longer criticizing myself the way that I once did. And I think that part of that is because of that conversation that I had with my friend that day. And my understanding of the fact that I see my body differently than other people see my body. And while there are some people out there that may judge me because... I haven't snapped back into that old, you know, size four frame. None of that matters. And it doesn't matter because I'm working on healing my mind and healing my heart. And yes, I want to heal my body as well. But the shape of my body does not define who I am as a person. I'm going to say that again because I know some of you guys need to hear this as well. The shape of your body does not define who you are as a person. And it doesn't matter what other people project onto you. I'm still a dance instructor. I'm still active with my kids. I'm still hanging out with my friends. I don't lock myself inside my house because I've gained all this weight. I'm on social media. I'm on these large platforms talking to tons of people that I've never met before who know this Jenna in the body that I'm in now and they've accepted this Jenna. Sometimes I wish I could just fly back to my younger years and teach myself a little bit about what was going on with me so that I could understand and move through this sooner. But here's the thing. I still want to be healthy. And 
though I've accepted that other people's perception of my body image does not matter and that I need to just love myself and my body, I've also found my drive again. And I want to take the steps to having a healthier body, not a thinner body, not less inches on my body, not a lower number on the scale, not a smaller clothing size. It's not about any of that anymore for me. Now what it's about is just being healthy and happy and setting a good example for my children in hopes that they aren't going to have to deal with this um, kind of yo-yo that I've gone through in my life. So what am I doing to make that happen? First of all, getting my mind right was number one. So it took me a long time one of my best friends um, is like a fitness guru. <laughs> she's amazing at meal planning and she's got her own success story. She's actually been on the show before. If you guys check out the episode with Sarah and Dedrick Elbritton, um, it's a pretty inspirational story about how she overcame her own internal battles. So she's one of my best friends. And throughout the years, she has offered to help me so many times. Um, and she knows you know, that when I'm ready, she'll be there to support me. Um, so I bring that up because part of getting my mind right is being honest with my people. So instead of just making an excuse and saying I'm sick or this or whatever it is that, that we do, right. When we're trying to avoid something, I've just been honest and I've said I'm not there yet. I, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I feel comfortable with at this time. And will you still be there to support me in the long run? And she's phenomenal. She's always going to be there to support me. I totally love her for that. But like I said, back to what I was saying, I, um, I don't know. See, Catherine and I kind of need each other to keep each other on track sometimes. So... <laughs> If I'm all over the place, it's because we don't have each other to reel each other in, right? <laughs> I don't have her to reel me in. Um, so I've decided that small changes for me right now are what's important. So I started paying attention to what I was eating first and taking note of everything that I was intaking into my system and how I felt around it. I am extremely sensitive, so I notice little changes in my body and how I'm feeling pretty quickly. Um, and so I started with eliminating things that really don't feel good to me. And for me, that was sugar and alcohol. Now, am I a perfect angel with this? Absolutely not. But it's small steps, right? Small steps in the right dis direction will lead us to greatness. So I started... Um, decreasing my sugar intake and also decreasing my alcohol intake. That made a huge shift in just how I felt, which was phenomenal. 
I started being more intentional about being active throughout the day. So, um, I got a smartwatch so that I can track my steps for the day. I set my step count to a little higher than it was recommended for me when I first got the watch just to see how I did. And I was appalled at how, um, sedentary I was the first few days. I was like, Oh my goodness. I'm really not moving. You know, you tell yourself you're moving a lot until you have a pedometer tracking your every step. And then you realize, oh my God, maybe I'm not moving as much as I thought I was. So I'm tracking my step count. I am making it a point to get in at least, the very least, 15 minutes of physical activity each day. Dedicated physical activity. So... Whether that's a 15-minute dance party with my kids, 15 minutes of yoga, 15 minutes on my elliptical, a 15-minute YouTube video of whatever. I love HIIT workouts, so that's usually my go-to. But a minimum of 15 minutes each day, just starting off small. And then the days that I feel called to, I do more. Now I've also started intermittent fasting because I realized that part of my eating habits where I was eating really late at night, which is not good for business. So I've set myself up so that I don't eat before 11 a.m. and I try not to eat after 8 p.m. That will eventually shift and change too as it gets easier because it is difficult in the beginning. I've increased my water intake like crazy. So I'm constantly carrying my water around with me and taking sips throughout the day. Because here's the thing with me. If it's not in front of me, I'm not going to do it. So I make it a point when I wake up to fill up my water jug and it goes with me wherever I go so that I can take a sip. I'm holding myself a little bit more accountable. So I run a subscription group called Dancing With Your Soul. um, And it's all about empowerment and healing um, and getting in touch with your intuition. And we have an accountability thread in there. And part of our accountability thread is checking on our water intake and our movement and being honest. So that helps keep me accountable as well. And it also helps encourage me on the days that I feel like I don't want to do anything because I'm seeing other people posting that they're doing stuff. So I'm like, well, I can't, I can't fall behind. Let me hop in on this. So find yourself an accountability partner. That's really, really helpful. Um, and I am changing the way I cook and the way that I shop. Okay. I realized that I was buying a lot of unhealthy snacks for my kids and then my husband and I were eating them and like making that excuse like oh well it's for the kids the kids like it but the more I thought about it the more I realized well wait a minute (laughs) if I shouldn't be eating this garbage then why am I feeding it to my kids I'm basically setting them up for having their own issues by saying, here, eat this all the time. But then when you're an adult, you shouldn't eat it anymore, right? That doesn't make any sense. That, I will say, has been the hardest part because my son 
is open to anything. He will try anything at least once. My daughter is extremely picky. Um, and so that has been the hardest shift, I would say. Um, but the way that I kind of maneuvered around it was by buying way more fresh fruits and vegetables and offering those as snacks before any of the junk food snacks that we had in the house. And my kids have made the shift. It's amazing to watch them go to the table and grab a fresh apple um, instead of going to grab like a bag of Cheez-Its or something like that. So um, it does work. It does work. But my whole point in talking about this today is just because I know I'm not alone here. I know there are other people out there that are struggling with their body image and you don't have to be overweight to struggle with your body image. That's just what my thing is. Okay. So for me, it's my weight. Um, and it's also honestly my complexion because my, I've always struggled with my skin as well. Um, but for you, it may be something different. Maybe you've been super thin your whole life and you don't like that and you'd prefer a little bit more meat on your bones. Maybe you look in the mirror and there's a facial flaw that, well, a facial feature that you see as a flaw. It could be whatever. But it's so important that we really take a look at, is this something that matters or is this something that I am kind of defaulting to, to avoid the things that truly matter? Because for me, my body dysmorphia had a lot to do with covering things up and burying my secrets and feeling alone. And it was easier to focus on something like my body image instead of focusing on the wounds that I had to heal. So if you're questioning whether you are worth your own healing process and what I'm saying is resonating with you, I'm here to tell you that you are absolutely worth your own healing process. And as you truly take a look at the way you feel about yourself and your own image, you will start to peel back the layers that are you and you will start to be able to look at yourself on a deeper level and really hopefully heal what needs to be healed so that you can feel better in your own skin. And if you need support with that, please know that Catherine and I are here to help support you through whatever part of the journey that you're on. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and allowing me to share my truth and we'll catch you next time on project healing.